With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the baffled king.
here on Francie and Friends. It's been a while since we've done a show. You know, work schedules, everything else, everything's been going on. So, you know, we've been trying to uh, keep in touch with uh, Block Talk Radio and everybody out there. And by the way, I will say that we are the number one live show right now on Block Talk Radio. Out of 34 pages, we're number one. Woo. 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 
big wolf. Yeah, I just sent uh, I sent uh, you and Tom Nick. I sent you and Tom uh, the link so you guys can click on it. And as soon as you go on to Block Talk Radio, Francie and Friends is in a big bold letter, big bold box. We're we're number one right now. So we yeah. So I definitely want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, you know, we're we're really excited. We're we're going to bring this back. Um there's been a couple of things that's been going on. I mean, we do have personal lives outside of this show and William he like he can't be here tonight. Um he's going to return though next week. We're going to uh, hopefully uh get this back and rolling and uh all those other groovy gooly things as Nick always says, groovy ghoulies. Um, we're, we're going to try and get this rolling. We're going to get a lot of exciting guests. Um, we're talking to, in fact, Nick, you've been talking to some of your authors about some stuff, right? Oh yeah. I've been talking to some of my authors about some stuff and things. (laughs) Maybe coming on the show. Yes. Uh, some of the new ones, but, um, um uh, actually Edward Martin the 3rd who uh, showed up for um our Halloween event here in Antelope uh he, he, he um and his wife his girlfriend wife um they they were really great and uh they really helped out a lot we signed a lot of books and uh and a lot of people showed up and so did the Sacramento Library friends of the Sacramento Library they had tables with free books and everything and so edward um he's got to be on the show soon we could talk all about stuff things one of cool. his new books that that i'm gonna publish and uh and then of course matthew ewald who uh uh completed and has been showing around at film festivals his movie that he wrote and produced and directed and stars in um about aliens and revenge um a coffin of stars and uh he he wrote to me i haven't heard from him for good like few years or something but i keep his books are still there um like uh the coffin clock and um uh his queen mary book uh, whispers in the cries human nature uh they're they're all like really fantastic stuff um and uh with this uh he uh uh wrote to me wanted me to uh publish his novelization for this uh for the movie and hopefully it'll see a release next year an official release but um yeah so so yeah both um edward martin the third and matthew ewald we've got to like really do that and then and other people and i've got new authors too so I've been just yeah. going through submissions this past week. So yeah, get some of the newbies out and, so we can uh, talk to them and pick their brain yeah. and ask them questions, man. That'd be great. Yeah, we got yeah. Um, this new guy, Thomas Kaminsky, who just sent in his contract, uh, uh, the author of uh, Who I Killed at Camp. And and then Laura Shell, who wrote like a collection um, uh, about uh, dogs, Called the Canine Collection. It's all horror, everything, which is really great. Um, It reminds me of Deborah Zach and the Stretchman that I published uh, earlier this year. 
and yeah, we've got fact, Jeff uh, on. We're, we're, we're going to try and get her on the show and that new author on the show and uh, Tommy Hayby. Death's Ante by Jordan Zacherly. That, that's a new one, too. Um, and that author, actually, when they wrote to me, he said um, uh, that they've uh, been a fan of Black Betsy books for a while, and they even have a Chop House T-shirt from Terry uh, mm, Warren. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I got a bunch. I'm I, looking I at my doing... plate of stuff. I, I have coming out with a screen in a scream in the night three, uh the uh the third and last in the trilogy uh of uh women authors. Um that I'm gonna put out uh, probably next week in time for Christmas, I hope. And all kinds of other stuff. Too, so nice. Uh, also, uh, also, I've got a good slate going on for next year too. One of the big releases of the spring um, that you guys have to got to look forward to is going to be actually Tom Sawyer's brand new and Rodweed Trust book. Yeah, yeah I, I, know that that guy. I got it. Everything yeah, so it's lined too. up. Yes, indeedy. Yeah. You know, I, I am serious about getting some of the other authors' books and maybe doing like a uh, like a dollar raffle or trying to give them away at other things to spread the word on some of the other authors. So I will get back with you come the new year and about buying some of their books. You know, just at random, pick a bunch and you know hand them out. You know, I have a contest right. or something. You know, if they buy my book, they get a ticket and then winning tickets. Yeah, that would be neat. I remember you mentioned that uh, in, a, in a message. That's uh, what I'm thinking. A, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do it at all the conventions I do. So it'd be, you know, hey, you buy one of my books, you get a ticket, put your phone number or name on there or email or whatever, and, you know, something like that. Because I think it would I, I be good cross-reference promotional for all the authors, myself, and Black Bad Cheap Books. I think that would be a good marketing thing. That That would be you know? great. So that's what I'm planning on, you know. So... I wish the other ones would like, um, um, uh, you know, follow suit. <laughs> well, That's you know, because, I mean, yeah. if they can, they can. If not, it's it's not a big deal. I just, I'm just trying to think out of the box, and you know, it's a it's a win 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 situation the way I look at it. You know, we all win on something like that. So you know, yeah, it might not be the next order, but it might be you know probably. Sometime after the first of the year, because I'm waiting to see uh, when they start hitting me up for Motor City Legacy. It's in March and April, and then the one I'm really hoping to get to do again, which I haven't done in about five years, is Traverse City Cherry Con. I mean, they treat you like a king up there. It is, you know, they have Dirk Manning, the comic book guy, and um, John Garavaglia, who usually does it, because he lives up there now. But it's it's a, it's that's like to me the premier northern Michigan one the it's a mid sized convention but it's just it's so chill and everybody's like oh wow you're from down you know down you know downstate and you know I wish it you know it was a way they could get more celebrities or something at it because that might really I think it could equal Motor City Comic Con if they keep going in the same direction. 
mean, I already do the selection process now for it. But it would be nice to hand out other, you know, hey, buy my book, get a free ticket, and I'll pick them, you know, one at each day at the convention, you know. You know, come back and get your, you know, free book or whatever, you know. So. Nice. But like I said, yeah, it's a win. I think it'd be great. all of us would win somehow, and you know, and it gets more black bed sheet books out there, my books out there, other authors that, you know, that aren't in the state, but the people, hey, I like this. And if they pick it up and like it, they think, well, I'm going to check this out, you know. And so but I have to admit, Nick, I haven't been doing much writing lately, just kind of rehab, going over stories and do I want this one? Do I change this? Do I do this? You know, it's like, you know, where I guess it's writer's doubt where you kind of go in there and I don't know if I, is this, you put it aside and come back, oh, that ain't too bad. But then you think about it and it's like, eh, I don't know, you know. You know, even at this stage of the game, you still kind of think that way. Yeah, you know. yeah, I, I think we all do um, here and there, here and there. It never, mm-hmm. like, you, it's not like you never get that side of you ever again. There's always, like, stages mm-hmm. of doubt the rest of years. You know, I mean, there's some that write, and it's like, yeah, that's good the way it is. I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to touch it, you know, other than, you know, punctuation, spelling, and, you know, formatting, but... I like it, and then there's ones that's like, God, I don't know about this. It's, you know. And then you have feel dreams like a about pounding it. on the cage, trying to do it. Yeah, you know, it's like a monkey pounding on the cage of a of the zoo or something. It's like, ah, you know, <laughs> you know. But no, it's just been kind of too hectic for me lately to write because we've had a major plumbing disaster in our kitchen and. Um, illness or injury or something, you know, sprained ankles or sinus infections or whatever. This November's been a been a. I was talking to William a while ago, and I was like, "Yeah, this November, I'm glad to get this over with. I'd like to get the end of the year over with and start fresh because, like, end of this year has kind of been real blinger, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. I mean, I wanted to get drunk last week. The week before, but I had a Z. I was taking a Z pack, so that's all I needed to go in a coma. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know those weeks, man. Like, yeah, I don't need that, man. You know, so. <laughs> but, you yeah, know. it's yeah, been a weird year so far. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's kind of wrapping up soon, but it's been a weird year all around. I think. Yeah, it's been. You know, I mean. We had a grandson born in August, and you know, and then we had a cousin pass away last week, and you know, it's been one of those. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. So, yeah. But all in all, not too bad. You know, it's just. Just, uh, but I need to get back to writing because I'm getting antsy. If I don't write where I'm writing, actually finishing a story, it's kind of, they get like, you know, I don't know, grouchy or just, you know, <laughs> I got to be doing this. The monkey, the monkey in the cage at the zoo. Yeah, kind of the monkey in the cage at the zoo thing, you know. 
I posted one on Facebook where it's so one hanging off the door, and it's like, "Would you really got to take a dump?" And <laughs> there's it's the only bathroom, and somebody's in it, you know. Yeah. So yeah, but a, uh, the thing is, monkeys at zoos though they have to go in in um, the public. They yeah, don't so have bathrooms. I did yeah. work at the zoo briefly, and they do throw yeah, well, people, but they can throw up pretty far. <laughs> don't remind me when I got uh, my first run-in, <laughs> my only run-in with the law. I had a DUI in the year 2000. <laughs> Thank goodness it was that long ago. But, um, uh, yeah, I went to jail for the first and only time, spent the night there with, like, about, there was, like, 40 other guys in the jail cell or something, and I really had to go, and I had to go in front of them. Really hated that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you don't know. You might be, and then they, uh, they, 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 like, yelled, a couple of them yelled, courtesy flash. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. Yeah, you don't know who might be, uh, well, uh, um, what's, I don't know what the term they use, but a bull, you know, in there, you know. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to make matters even worse, uh, one person recognized me, hey, you're the because I I um I got pulled over trying to um uh I was uh, going 85 down the highway and and I was trying to beat this girl from one bar to and the next so we can do more karaoke and in the jail cell one guy after I flushed the toilet he said hey you're that karaoke guy <laughs> yeah I said, yeah I, I do karaoke around. It was back in the day. Well, as long as we didn't say, hey, could you pick up that bar of soap on the floor? You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Soap on a rope. That kind of thing. But monkeys yeah, uh, at the zoo, though, they they don't even think about stuff like that. Yeah. So all all they do is just uh, they they try to write and stuff and. <laughs> But you're not yeah. a monkey, Tom. No. You're not a monkey. Well, you're a very yeah. well efficient and creative writer. Oh, thanks. Just right now, I got ideas. It's just that none of them are going. It's like I'll start writing something. It's like, yeah, I'm stuck. Go to the next thing. Yeah, I'm stuck. I got like three partial stories, and it's like, this is pissing me off. <laughs> you know? Hey, um, I uh, Nick, I do, I do have a message for you. Um, it's from Jim and I Burke. He did want me to tell you to tell the Lion King hi. Oh, okay. Yeah. And in fact, uh, let me pull up the message. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get it. Let me get it just right. Um, he says, uh, I am out and about at a game. Love you. Have a great show. Tell the Lion King I said hello. Okay. All that's right. So that's from Jim and I Burke. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. So, yeah, we love Jim and I. Maybe so we, we need a, to doing a Christmas show again this year. Um, oh, yeah, yeah we, we, we need to do a Christmas show. Okay. Hopefully my tongue won't be chopped up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, we got a saying where I work now about it. every time they play Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, and I'll uh, get shot. Dude, dude, I am hoping so out. hard. I am hoping so far I have not heard that song. I've heard it three times, but that's a lot uh, less than usual. Have, uh, have you heard her version that's for monkeys? So all I want for Christmas is zoo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I walked into that one. You, you, yeah. Yeah. You know. you know what version I do like of uh, all I want for Christmas is you. Have you seen the movie Love Actually? Yeah. Okay, you remember that girl, that little girl that uh, performed that song for All I Want for Christmas is You? She kicked Mariah Carey's ass. I'm sorry. She no, performed she, she it a lot it better. She did, man. She nailed it. It's like Mariah Carey who? Yeah. yeah. She nailed it. So I'll give you that. Anybody that's watching this, what what is her name? Olivia Olivia Hart? Is that the little girl's name? I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember, remember either. My brain, my brain. Yeah, my it's brain Olivia is something. Yeah, it's something, 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 something. Hold on, we'll find out. Echo, who's saying all I want for Christmas is you in the movie Love Actually? The movie Love Actually features the song All I Want for Christmas is sung by Olivia Olsen. Olsen. Damn, how could I forget the Olsen twins? That's not one of the twins. Yeah, Olivia. Twins. Maybe she's a cousin or something. Maybe. Her name is Olivia Olsen. Mary Kate and uh, Ashley Olsen, ain't it? Damn. They are such Maybe a big she's related culture. to the Olsons from Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh. <laughs> I have been working on a novel, bits and pieces. It's called The Werewolves of Drackle. Tentatively titled that. But it's about a town. A paranormal investigator and his team disappear. And the wife of the paranormal investigator asks his friend and colleague to investigate it. And he's going through all the files of the guy that all the notes and journal entries and stuff through history that he had of it. Like balloonist disappears in this town in Transylvania and Romania in 1884 or something. And it's like a chronological history of this town told through notes and journal entries and diaries and and that kind of thing. Oh. You know, yeah, it starts out in the 1800s, and right now I'm just getting into World War II when the Germans are occupying it. So oh, That would be cool. That would be um, cool to, for you to come out with another novel at some point. Yeah, I, I need to get, a, get back to the novels, too, because it's like, man, all these short story collections, they're, they're fun to write and everything, but it's like, yeah, I need to get to where I can really get the meat of the you know, meat of the story and everything. So. Yeah, even though those uh, those Twilight Zone stories are really good that you wrote all around. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. So, kind of easier to write uh, a short story. I, I think my next book is, I'm kind of working on it off and on. Uh, it's another short story collection like Red Wet Dirt. Gonna have some neat stuff in it. 
Oh, cool. So it's really easy to, you know, um, I, I never go into it thinking of it as maybe a short story. If I do, sometimes I I, I uh, betray myself, and it turns out to be a novella or something. <laughs> so I had a tentative novel, but the problem is it's called, it was called A Scream in the Night, but you got that for your anthology, so I have a chance. It's a werewolf story. It takes place in northern Michigan. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, so I might have to change a scream at midnight or something, you know, because it's kind of like a Shadows in the Dark with the vampire novels, but it's a werewolf novel that takes place in Michigan, you know. Ah. So that's that's in the offings down the road too, you know. So and then I got enough short stories from my Jim Rod We Trust stuff, so. I might put them in reserve down the road years from now, Nick. You don't have to worry about them. They're going to be off somewhere. Okay, it's time to put out some more short stories. You know. <laughs> I'll reserve. Yeah. And I'll so, go put them in a, in a bank a safety deposit box for a while. Yeah. Mm. The book series will be called Rods and Ends. Oh. You know, more Rods and Ends, and then still more Rods and Ends. Oh, I, wow. you know, got one collection of short stories left over from other things called Zombie Stew, you know. So, yeah, I, I got it a lot. It's just, uh, you know, it's just a case of, uh, like, yeah, I need to get back to the novels. You know, so. Yeah. I kind of miss but, writing them myself, actually. Yeah. Oh, you got to get back into it, man. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff in my head in the over the years. Got to pick and choose, and then one foot in front of the other, just like, just like the Winter Warlock song. In <laughs> so, Santa Claus yeah, is coming to town. One foot in yeah, front of the other. You write the first chapter. You get the whole book idea in your head and you just keep going yeah I think it's just starting it so, and then you get to the murky middle that's when it gets kind of like okay what next but <laughs> you know more than that once you get the middle, first start you know where you want to go <clears throat> you know but, you yep know. that's true speaking of short stories though another thing that's coming down uh, probably before your next rod book um, is uh, I and I'm gonna before Christmas I'm gonna um, let everybody know and accept some submissions for it. But <coughs> read us or die too. Cool. Yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna do that. Read us or die too, or read us or die again. Oh, uh, again, too. Okay. I haven't decided what to call it yet, but um, a sequel. <laughs> that's going to have everybody, well, you know, I submit. Yeah. I'm going to get ready to do that pretty soon. That Let everybody fun. know. I, I like that. i got to get some more copies and store them and everything. But that was fun. I, I like seeing everybody's work and everything. That's, you know... I think anymore, as a writer, I think I'm more influenced by not the Stephen Kings or the Straubs or the, you know, 
the other the big names is the people that are like me. We're not big names and stuff, and we could bounce ideas out. You say, "Oh, that's a good idea. This guy's done it. Nobody, you know, he's like me, and that's a good idea." I think that's a bigger influence than the bigger names in some ways. Yeah, I, you know? I think so too. Uh, bigger names, uh, they, they they have good stuff, of course. That's why they're bigger names. <laughs> mm-hmm. But people need to discover the independent ones a lot more than the general audience that just uh, gives whatever Simon Schuster like feeds them. <laughs> Not that there is anything bad with that company, but um, you know, or the other ones. But at the same time, people have to. There's a lot of jewels out there, and I'm happy to publish. A lot of them. Oh. Um, me, we're grateful for you too, Nick. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, yep. I keep having this one dream where one day my one of my books gets made in the movie or gets you know up there you're getting an award or something or whatever, and it's like yeah, yeah. And I want to thank Nicholas Grabowski and Black Benji Books for giving me my start. You know, you know. Yeah, I like that. Believe, you know, family and friends and wife and stuff that believed in you, you know. I just, that'd be, that's my dream. That's my goal one day, even though I'm getting older. Shit. You yeah, know. we're not getting any younger. Yeah. Yeah. So. You guys said that so depressingly. <laughs> well, no, it's just, we ain't. I mean, I'm, I'm too old to give up the dream now, man. I mean, I'm, you know. Hey, you guys, that's, that's, we got a caller. That's part of me. We cool. got a caller. We got a caller. All right. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, we got a caller. We don't want to scare okay. them away. Okay, area code 347. You're live. Feel free to curse. Hello, area code 347. Hi, I was just listening. I'm sorry? Cool. I was just listening. Welcome. Hey. Oh, awesome. What's your name? Sinica. Oh. Well, nice to meet you. Yep. Yeah. Don't be bashful. Talk to us. We don't bite much, you know. Are you more than just a listener? Or are you a writer yeah. as well? Or, or you know? Uh, actually, uh, I'm a writer, but I haven't. I used to write a lot more when I was young, but I haven't pursued it lately. Um, but I write when I'm really upset about things. That's when it just comes out of me. Well, well, believe me, a lot of us do write when we're upset too, because sometimes that's when you're you're real you're you got to put it down on paper for fear of killing somebody. You know. <laughs> so that's that's a good outlet. Keep doing it. Only try to do it when you're not mad too, though. Yeah, when you start doing it when you're mad. It helps because of the fact that yeah. you're actually doing it in the first place. But if it's uh, if you like it so well and you want to continue, you could continue it during less dreary moments because mm-hmm. uh, you're creating characters and a storyline that you're excited about, and you want to just keep doing it until it's finished, no matter what mood you're in. But sometimes a lot of a lot of some of the best works ever written have started. During you know depression, weary moments, and stuff, you just write it down on paper. And I've told people over and over again 
that the world would be a better place if, per, if uh, people learned more how to put their anxiety down on paper. There would be a lot less school shootings if the yeah. school shooters would actually write about it instead of doing it in reality. <laughs> like save a lot of lives. The yeah. power of right. writing, you know. Yeah. Well, some of my teachers would probably get after me for some of my writing, so, you know. But um, I'll, I'll give you this one word of advice. Do it because you love it. I mean, don't worry about the critic, what they say. Oh, you can't do that or don't do that. Do it because you love it. So, I mean, like I was telling Nick and Francie earlier, I go, I get antsy if I'm not doing some writing. I got to – it just – even if I'm just working on an idea for a story, I gotta have a pen in my hand at all. You know, it's, it's like a, it's part of an appendage that should be attached to me sometimes. And I do write my stuff out longhand before I type it in most times. So, but what type of stuff I do you write? You, they're really cool guys. I like to. I definitely like to write analysis, like observational things about like life and society, and about my feelings, what I see going on in the world, that kind of thing, and about spirituality. Um, when I'm really affected by something that has been like connecting it to my reality, what I see, the changes that are going on on the planet, and how I feel. Look what I'd say. Keep doing it. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel a rush or invigorated or better after doing it? I kind of do because I let it out because I feel so much I'm in anguish and I have to let it out and I feel kind of like I've given it to a higher power now instead of uh-huh. it internalizing and eating me out so much. Like it feels good to let it out into into the into God's hand, so to speak. So if I don't exist tomorrow, at least uh-huh. my words well, and, and what I would, were there. I'd recommend keep doing it and try to do it even when you're not here with it. Even if you just have like random thoughts through the day or something, you know, just but keep it up. You know. Yeah. So that, that to me would be a tougher kind of writing to do than the fiction stuff I do because if I can. I look at something and you get, you know, just, oh, that'd be good to just do this and make it up and, you know, it's like telling tall tales or something. But that would be, to me, a little bit tougher because you're trying to deal with your own feelings and emotions and how do I put this out there, you know. So. Yeah, but a lot of times it's like really fun to fictionalize things. Um, yeah. I hate to use this as an example. I like Taylor Swift, but, um, you know, some of her songs, she writes about true stuff about, like, past boyfriends and relationships, and it kind of inadvertently gets gets back at them, you know. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's a lot like that, too. If you fictionalize something and put things in, you can kill off people on paper <laughs> that have given you problems and just let it out that way. Um you know, that, I've that done kind that with of some ex-friends of mine I, where I patterned characters after them and changed the name, and, oh, they died horrible deaths. And I was just sitting there smiling. <laughs> it made me feel better. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah. but you can yeah, also I'm get going. out, you know, your your views and things uh, through fiction without, you know, just using a disclaimer saying that... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, or or whatever, but uh, just uh, put that out 
And instead of instead of giving people a lecture about uh, your viewpoint about this and that and the other thing, um, you if you like spell it out for them um, on paper by fictionalizing it, and you know you could get the word out that way too, and not being so in your face, but it'll make people listen better. I've noticed. Yeah. yeah. Just to give it, to, to elaborate on that a little bit, just to give you an example, I wrote a story about, it's called Grandma's Place. It's a short story I wrote that's going to be in one of my books. And uh, basically, it's my grandmother's house. And I've always wanted to see it since it, she, ever since it, they, they changed how it is inside and it doesn't look the same and they modernized stuff and updated and made it better. And the guy wants to buy his grandmother's house because all the good memories goes back. And he runs into the ghost of that place, so they tell him not to buy it because it's not the house. It's the people you had the memories with. So I incorporate a lot of stuff in my life into my fiction stuff. So, you know, it just, you know, it, there's I've used a friend that did me, did me bad and ended up in jail. But, um... I've, I've used some of that as uh, similar situations like that in stories because it, it did happen in my stuff like that did happen. But I changed it enough to where, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be him. It was just, you know, it, you know, it's I change it, but it's not him. But I do kind of pattern it after people that have done stuff wrong to me, you know, you know, fictionalized it, you know. That way you can't be sued, but it's kind of, you know, it might have been a bank robbery, it might have been a drug deal gone bad. Huh? No. So, yeah, you know, another thing, too, you notice how we haven't asked you since, since you, you brought up uh, a little bit about uh, writing things down on paper, um, of your um, anxiety over the way the world is going and this and that. We we didn't ask you, like, what your walk of life is. Are you a Democrat or Republican or or or, or whatever? When it, when it boils down to it, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. It's all, like, um, um, your humanity is on paper for all to, like, either they can agree or disagree, but... The way that you write it, you can um, make people pay attention and even be entertained by it and not even know what you're talking about and then think about it later going, oh, wait a minute, she brought up this point. Maybe she's right. Um, mm -hmm. Instead of, like, protesting on the street or, you know, something like that, I mean, just putting it like that on paper, it's so much easier to convey. Unless all it is is an essay about what you think and who cares what the rest of the world is, but you, if you integrate it like in fiction or poetry uh, creatively, then um, then you get the people better about, and it doesn't really matter um, yeah. how you think. That and Going back to it, we haven't asked you what your ideals are because it doesn't matter. No. Uh, it's, uh, when you convey it on paper, it's for the world to see and and um, and and at least and the art is uh, to uh, get people to understand and convey it in such a way that people go hmm instead of you know screw you and your ideals it's a, you know there's an art to it too and uh, so you know 
It doesn't yeah. matter how you feel. What matters is how you put it down. Yeah. That's why I'm such a Rod Sterling fan. Because he, he was able to make you think about everything, you know. And, but he fictionalized it to where he didn't, you know. But it made you, it, gave you, it was provocative, gave you food for thought. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was saying, I, I agree. Those things really don't matter when you're writing and you're just trying to express what you want to express to the world and give to the world. That stuff doesn't matter. I don't like that people get all that stuff all involved now. It's, it's fooling people into thinking that it matters, but it never really did. Nope. Yeah. It never did. It's blinding and fooling a lot of people now like it does, but it's just a trick. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Most followers keep that's, doing it because you love to do it. That's 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 great, you know. Yeah. You, you know, we're all of us human beings, and at a certain yeah. level, we all relate to each other, whether we agree or like it or not, or whatever. But we're all still at at, at a certain place. We're all the same. And uh, when you put something down on paper and express yourself that way, in such a way, you can make the whole universe understand how you're feeling whether they agree with it or not they'll get it um you know yeah how long have you been doing this i've been a writer since i was a child like before when i was so interested and so shy and scared of the world i was like a writer before i could before i felt brave about anything and I still I still struggle with being that way but I was always a writer before I, I, I still good. had journals when I was like 9, 10 years old I would just write and write and write well, that's cool nice. do, you, yeah. do you still have those or have you lost yeah. them over the years I have, I have some from when I was years old and then 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. I pretty much stopped writing when I was like 16 when I started going through like so many painful things in my family. It was kind of like too painful for me to put on paper and admit. So I kind of shut down that side of me and actually didn't have a nausea. But that's when I kind of stopped writing when that became too much for me to even verbalize on paper. And now I write when I'm going through, like, extreme anguish. I find myself moved to have to write when I'm going through really bad pain. But I wish I would have still the, the person that wrote every day and read books and books a week. Like, I would love to just hang out at the library and, and do, like, pick up any random just read the whole day. Mm. Right. So you've been doing it for head, some time, and that's good. Yeah, my head just got my head is just very just about it, a lot of emotional things that kind of block it. Out of me, I feel I should get back to it. I think it was my calling, it's my career. I never pursued in school, and I talked myself out of it. I'm intimidated by professionals doing it. You know, I would love to be able to do it as my career. But I tell myself, you can go to school for it. You know. So many people doing it now. I feel like my skills are not as sharp, but I've always been a writer. And I draw 
Well, that, that is the start. Of, you know, that's the start. If you always consider yourself a writer, then you, you know, and you write, then you're a writer, regardless of what you do other than that. But that's good. I would, you know, I keep on encouraging you. And, you know, I'd say if you have any more questions or need, you know, um, input or you have questions or encouragement or whatever, call into the show when you can or contact Nick or me or, you know, Francis, okay, we have you know. a group on uh, Facebook, Facebook, Black Bedsheet Books, uh, it's a group, uh, uh, we'd love to see you join and you can like, um, yeah. you know, get advice from from some of my other authors and things too. Um, Glad to have you. Uh, it's a nice little community, I'd like to foster that, I'd like yeah. to inspire, that's part of my lot in life. Try to inspire people and get things done <laughs> along the lines of writing, and that's um, pretty much all I do. We're very encouraging to each other. Okay. Yeah, sometimes I have to kick their asses. Yeah. <laughs> um, not you, Tom. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, you know me, I gotta, I gotta be out there, you know. Like I said, if I'm not writing or talking about writing or doing writing or thinking about writing, I'm going crazy. So, you know, it's just part of me. Yeah, I mean, kick their asses as in getting more involved, too, because, well, everybody has their lives and, and uh-huh. who knows what goes on. And they maybe they don't have time and stuff, but some of them, you'd be surprised, but uh, uh, would reach out to you or anything, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh. no. My second rule is ignore the critics too, because you know, you know, critics are like buttholes. Everybody has one, you know. So you know, you know, that's just. If I listen to some of my critics that I never wrote in the first place, mm-hmm. so yeah. you know, that's listen to your own voice. Yep, that's true. Yeah. I think sometimes uh, uh, critics, uh, I mean, you just have to, sometimes you just have to have a thick skin, um, but um, you learn from everything, and, and, and everything everybody has to say. I don't know about, I mean, I guess there's other authors that feel the same way, but um, sometimes when I get a bad review, it makes me want to work harder. <laughs> yep. But, you know... <laughs> Makes me want to prove yeah, them yeah. wrong, come up with something better that they'll like. Um, but at the same time, fundamentally, that's not yeah. that's not the motivational force, you know. It, it just mm-hmm. it all begins with you. All begins with you. Yeah. Maybe in a closet with a notepad and a pen, and you're just writing just for yourself, and you like it so much that you want to show a friend, and they like it. Um, and then it, it goes on from there. And so if you'd be surprised, but if you don't do it at all, you'll never know. So. Yeah. I had an agent tell me to never write him again because he thought my first book was a piece of crap. And I was like, okay, I'll prove you wrong, you know. <laughs> so you know. You know. And maybe later, maybe it was a piece of crap. Your first thing, 
that. You t- I mean, I read a lot of pieces of crap in my day when I was trying to get published, and I look well, back at those and I go, I'm glad I'm so much better now, but that's because of time and perseverance and just keep on doing it. Yeah. You know, you get better as you go. If you, you just stop yeah. doing it, then you don't. It's kind of like lifting weights um, and building your muscles. Only you're doing my it wife right. Be brutally honest about stuff. My wife Colleen, she's brutally honest about my stuff, and, and she'll tell me what she thinks. And even she said she was impressed with the first one. I mean, it isn't as good as the later ones, like the writing's improved. But when she liked it, it's like, okay, I did okay. So I mean, she'll say, well, this is crap. You know, redo it. And I appreciate that because it does help. You know, get have somebody honest with you in there. Life on stuff. Not cool, but just honest, you know. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, you know. Criticism doesn't have to be cruel or destructive. It can be constructive and help you out. It just, you know. But you just have to also realize that there's some people that just lot of envy out there or just don't want to see other people succeed at what they like to do or whatever so you got to kind of okay is this constructive or is this yeah to be an asshole you know yeah i know that's part of me that i just myself a lot a lot people are not nice and they will try to take your positive energy away from you and I let people penetrate me a lot as far as the negative energy. I find it just better to stay by it myself. But I know that it's not healthy, but the world is also so crazy now. I don't really feel that bad about it. Um, I'm kind of like just waiting for stuff to get back to normal, but it doesn't look like it will anytime soon. People just no. are very far out there now. I just wonder if the world's always been like this. The only problem is we see it now more instantly with media and television and social media and all that now. I don't feel like it's always kind of been this way, but it's just more in your face now. You think so? In social media. I think the world has always been crazy and like this, you know. Well, it's always been the crazy stuff out there. It's just just more. Yeah. Yeah. It's like warped people. Personalities a lot. Mm-hmm. Made people not know how to connect organically with another person and made you have no sense of how ridiculous you are sometimes and how sensitive you could be. I don't know. It's made a lot yeah. of messed up things acceptable now because people can just hide behind the screen and portray yeah. what they want to portray. Yeah. It's kind think- of amazing. Social media is a two-sided coin. Because growing up and everything, we never had that. <laughs> Let alone computers for the longest time, too. Um, yeah. And you had to, in order to communicate with people, you had to call them on the phone or mm-hmm. fax them or, um, or, go to their house. Or, or go to their house or mail them something in the mail. Yeah. But now it's mm-hmm. like... Uh, you know, I, I remember the, the pagers <laughs> where you couldn't, like, really type a message, but you can type it so that something short you can understand, like, in the 90s. And now everybody yeah. can just, like, talk to each other, text each other, and 
and everybody wants to be somebody, and and there's all this like you know, all this stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 so it's a two-sided coin. It's great that people can communicate instantly, um, but what they communicate is another story sometimes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think in some ways social media has made us distant and more colder. You know. Yeah. It's so it's so much noise. Like I tell myself every other day, I could totally just delete social media right now and be fine without it. Like it's so much noise. I feel like it's so much background noise. It's gotten me so distracted from my true creativity. A lot of times, I have to stop myself and tell myself, "Wait a minute, this is not me. That's not my personality. I don't like that." Just because it seems like social media world is going along with it, that's not me. You know, it, it, it makes you stray away from your own creative streak, like your own originality. I feel like it's, it's just, it's uh, very like follow the leader kind of thing. And I, I tell myself all the time, I can just delete this. I'll be fine without it. Like, I don't need this background noise of other people's thoughts and opinions. Yeah, but in some ways it's a useful tool to get to contact like I pondered that too and it's like well you find about writing contests and uh, writers workshops and uh, linking up with other authors and yeah general true. information it's, as information it's a big help but that's true about what you're saying too so but. yeah it's good and bad mm-hmm. yeah I guess you just have to hope the good outweighs the bad and out of it but yeah. I have to go, but it was nice talking to you. I hope you call back again. And Nick, I gotta leave, so uh, good night. Oh, uh, okay. That's great. So uh, I think we're gonna have a short week. intermission, and uh, we might have a couple of other callers as well. So okay, Tom. All right. Tom. Take thank you. Tom. What? Night. Love what, friends? What? Tom, I love you. Yeah, back at you. Talk at you next week. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, bye, Tom. All right, we're going to do a short intermission. Oh, okay. All right. Wild stereo play. No way. 
in the studio. Uh, Nick's going to call back in. Um, we've had a really good conversation with area code 847-347-347. Eight, eight, 
Are you still with us? Yep. Okay. I forgot your name. Is it Brittany? Tamika. Tamika. I was way off. I'm really sorry. I'm terrible with names. But yeah, okay. I was talking to Nick. I was talking to Nick during our little brief intermission, and he said that was like one of the greatest conversations he's ever had with somebody he's never met before. Uh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he really, he really enjoyed the conversation that you guys had together. Uh, Nick will be joining us again. Um, he's blaming the for hanging up the telephone, but he'll be back. Yeah, I was listening to the advice and. I decided that I was just going to shut up because I say stupid things all at the wrong time. So I was going to let you guys just talk. Uh, thanks. I mean, I don't think you say stupid. You didn't sound stupid on the phone tonight at all to me. Oh, good. That's good <laughs> to know. <laughs> yeah, because I, I usually say, well, I did call you Brittany. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I yeah. never speak up and say my name anyway. I'm kind of shy like that, so probably my fault. So it's okay. Yeah, don't be shy. Don't be shy around us. We're 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 kind of weirdos here. Yeah, we usually do this every Sunday night. Um, we've been kind of busy and everything, and we just haven't had a chance to do Frenchie and Friends for a while. So that's why it's saying it's been a while. You know, work, and like Tom was saying, you know, he's got to do reconstruction on his television. I mean, his kitchen. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, it is really good to know you. Are you friends with any of us on Facebook? No, I actually don't have Facebook. I deleted it, like, um, five years ago, four years, six years ago. It better be deleted. I don't use it. The only thing I kind of use is Instagram, but I just, I don't really talk there. I just go there to kind of see what everybody else is doing, follow cat videos, and look up cooking videos. That's about it. Like, I don't really do much, like, interacting or engaging on social media. I just, but I go browse a lot. It keeps me up at night. Oh, okay. Wow. It's kind of weird that every time, all right, Nick is back on it is kind of weird that when you think about it and you're like, hey, what's your Facebook handle? Oh, I don't have Facebook. What? I know. <laughs> Everybody gives a look like, what? Are you serious? I know. You don't have Facebook? That's crazy talk. I know. <laughs> I know. It can make you look really weird like a weirdo nowadays. Yeah, you're like the outcast. Nick, you're back on. Yeah. So oh, it's good, like good. Yeah, account. my phone died, so I had to get another one. See, and he blamed it on the cat. <laughs> no, well, I never had. I, I just set the phone down for a second, and and you said that I was cut off. So maybe you know they do do that. They're nefarious creatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're my favorite. I love them. Yeah, they're my favorite, too. I've become a cat person. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of I've got, like, one in the house, um, four with me in the garage that I renovated into a studio so I can run black bitch books, and so my office is there, and they're with me, and then we have two outside cats. Yeah. 
Oh, nice. I'm dying yeah, yeah. for more. I love them. I don't see my I don't see my life being happy without them. I need to get some again eventually, but I just need my own space because I can't have them here. But I really would like to have. I just I have to have some. I won't be happy without them. Oh, yeah. I've been in that spot before. I'm glad that I'm um, here in this spot now, though. Because I don't have to worry about that. I love my cats. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, I really love them. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. Francie has a um, a bearded dragon, too. Oh, you know, I'm not much into reptiles, but those are so cute. Oh, man, my yeah. little beardy, man. I love yeah, little he's beardy. been with us for a while, too. He was like three inches long when she first got him a while back, and, and uh, I thought we had too many animals, and she tried to convince me that he's not going to grow any bigger. <laughs> but he did, but that's cool, though. I got used to him. I love him. Yeah, yeah I never sweet. had a reptile before, but this this has been an education, and he's great. I know they're so they're so cute. They just sit there and just stare at you, and they mm-hmm. smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I got a lot of great videos with him. Yeah, he used to sit on my finger, and now he's like the almost the size of my leg. Oh man. <laughs> they they eat uh, crickets and and um, and then she buys like uh, raw coleslaw from the store in a bag. The produce mm-hmm. department and he loves that. And then like leafy greens and um, and you know things like that. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's more into the uh, he's more into the. Pro- so I don't have to give him to by the way he's a terrible hunter I was videoing him when he was uh, I guess live crickets in his aquarium I even took everything out of his aquarium so he didn't have to really hunt for them mm-hmm. and there's like 30 crickets in his aquarium my little guy was actually posing for the camera and a cricket was on top of his head posing too no lie. Uh-huh. I caught it on video. I was like, uh-huh. you know what? I love He was posing with the cricket. It, 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 wow. It, I, I was like, yeah, I love you, little dude, but, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> just dump your food dish now. No more live crickets for you. <laughs> in my office I, I've got a parakeet too Her name is Booby She's been with us for a while And the cats love her She can't go out of her cage But it's a big enough cage that it's okay um, Because otherwise she'd probably get let loose And go outside And something will kill her and stuff So, But she's uh, she's always there um, Right in my office When I'm working on books and things And the cat's like Go in her cage and like um, 
lay there and she like pecks at them and and they like just look at her and not do anything they're just used to they try to go after the birds outside but they respect her (laughs) oh cool yeah that's cool that they learn to live together and and they respect her as their comrade in the household that's nice yeah yeah, that's always neat. I can't imagine living without animals. I know. I feel like that too. I do. You know, I one feel of like the that. coolest things that uh, I've seen for rehabilitation is the puppies behind bars, where mm-hmm. they're they're going into the um, and I'm I'm gonna and by the way, let me say. A great thing that a good friend of ours are doing here on Francie and Friends, Tommy Habib, he's got this great show. It's called To the Rescue, where he goes out and he rescues dogs. And he puts them in a retreat. He rehabilitates them. I mean, I've seen this video where they were taking 50 dogs off of an airplane. And they're rehabilitating. If if you get a chance, YouTube it. It's called To the Rescue, Tommy Habib. The creator of the hit TV show uh, Cheaters, um, mm-hmm. very nice guy, very awesome guy. Um, he's got this great show. It's called To the Rescue. It's on uh, the CWV. Is that what it's called? A stream now. CW. Ooh. CW. But it's on the CW now. It's called To the Rescue. He goes out and he rescues dogs. Um, he builds up all of these rehabilitation dog dog rescue plants, pretty much where they reform the dogs and get the dog. You got to check it out. YouTube it. It's to the rescue. It's a great cause. Tommy Habib. He's doing a fantastic job of rescuing dogs, and he's very kind-hearted with the dogs. And the dogs do and. Dude, let's face it, the guy's got the greatest life ever. I mean, he goes out in the lawn and he lays down and all the dogs are running to him and he's get, he gets the doggy back. To the rescue, Tommy A.B., fantastic job. And, you know, and numerous he listens to the show. He's been on the show several times, and I say, Tommy, can I promote your show to the rescue on the show? And he's been on here. He's seen my mistakes. He's listened to the show. He's like, yes, that would be fantastic. And if you hear Tommy's voice, to hear him say, yes, that would be fantastic. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, check check it out on YouTube. Uh he he does a lot of great videos where it shows where he's going and picking up these dogs himself and he's putting them into a, a retreat. That's what it's called, a retreat. He's putting them into a retreat and that's a awesome job that he's doing. Also, one more thing. Oh man, Nick, what what is that one thing that we always talk about? Aaron D. Johnston. He's got this little product out that he's promoting. 
Oh, yeah, about the soap and the beards and the things and the stuff. It's called Honest Amish. Yeah, it's great stuff. Oh, yeah, you forgot to mention that on your show. Yeah, you kind of obligated to make that little small advertisement Not for them. They, it, it is really great, yeah. though. And they, they've they been on great. the show. They, they have, like, a yeah. series on... On television um, that streams, uh, uh, or they go around uh, with their long uh, ZZ Top beards and go to uh, um, contests and stuff, beard contests. I'm not really into that, but I, I love those people. And you know, Francie uh, has introduced me to them, and and uh, that one honest, uh, honest Amish guy. He's got like. Um, um, uh, uh, some great um, items there. Like, you know, now I'm doing the commercial, aren't I? But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with the soap and the. Oh, you're doing a good job. Yes, yes, he is. He should write. You should tell him to write. Hey, I, I, I thought about that. Yeah, but um, honest Amish. If you go to honestamish.com, type in the code talkingbeards dot. Talking Beards, uh, you will get 15% off on their soap and everything else. It is great stuff. HonestAmish.com. They're so groovy. But I, I didn't I didn't promote it because they asked me to. I actually promote the stuff because I actually enjoy the cause. And if you were to go to... Honestly, YouTube, Tommy, hey, Beeb, to the rescue. You're going to love it. And honest, Tamika, right? Terrible mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Tamika, if you go on YouTube, oh, wait, you know what? Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll play his voice. And for him to say that would be fantastic if you were to do that. Um, listen to his voice. So you can hear them say that would be fantastic. And uh, hold on. All right, here we go. This is his voice. All right. Sunday night, late night radio. What fun. (laughs) Now imagine him saying that would be fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, this guy, he actually did very good for himself, this Tabby Habib, because he... He was the creator of, um, I don't know, in the 2000s, if you've heard of it, a show called Cheaters. Yeah. And um, stuff, uh, he, like, uh, produced that and kind of, you know, ran it. And uh, he ended up doing this great thing afterwards for dogs, and that's all that he does now. But uh, back then, everybody's heard of Cheaters, I think. Yeah. I remember. Like in that yeah. Jerry Springer sort of, like yeah, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. kind of. Only it wasn't on a stage. Uh, they would actually like, um, like uh, use their cameras like cops. Only they would like catch up on cheaters. Somebody would yeah. go into their show and say, "Hey, I think somebody's cheating on me," and then they'd get a private investigator and and look into it and then bring their cameras to the cheaters' home and all that. Nine yards. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was something. You know, I, I was on Jerry Springer. Not once, twice. 
Oh, yes, she was on Jerry Springer. <laughs> Which is really cool. She's got it on YouTube uh, um, and, um, and and things. I know Jerry a few Springer's people that want to be in that audience. Yeah. I was on the speed. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was actually the the main subject on Jerry Springer. Oh wow! Everything for uh, Thanksgiving That's special. Right. Oh wow! Yeah, I gotta know. Yeah, so you need to get on Facebook and find us, and we'll we'll show you all this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, if you I, ever go, well, uh, I actually just one leads to everything else. Like if you go to the Black Bedsheet Books face group, face, uh, Facebook group page, um, then, uh, you know, you just click on any of our names and and the information will just lead you to the YouTube stuff that we have and and uh, and, and, and so yeah, everything, all nine yards. I wear myself on my sleeve, so I, I have my own website, downwarden.com, um, and uh, it, it, it's it got endless pages on it. I do reviews, I've got my, uh, and it's my whole history throughout the, you know, since I got published in 1988, and, um, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where you can find some of my stuff. Like Halloween 4, I wrote Halloween 4 back in 1988, the book, and a novel called The Everborn that took me 12 years to write, people like Stephen King and Wes Craven, uh, Clive Barker have said some nice things about me, and and other stuff, and you know, and things, I've got it, like, thank goodness, too, I mean, you know, like Indiana Jones said, it's not the years, it's the mileage, but I'm 57, been writing since I was a kid, and then I first got published in 1988. Um, I, I lived in, like, uh, Southern California, so I went to Hollywood all the time, and and uh, one day I um, decided to audition for um, an actor's um, um, workshop, uh, and it it was uh, uh, the teacher. Our teacher was Walter Koenig, who played the character Chekhov on the original Star Trek. And um, he came out with he was coming out with a science fiction novel, and his publisher's sister was in our class. And I told her I just finished uh, writing my first book. I started writing it in math class in the tenth grade in high school because I was bored and it just turned into a novel and uh, can I send it to your brother in New York and she said sure and her brother like um, at one March in 1988 uh, 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 called me and said hey uh, you Nick and I said yeah and uh, well we read Prairie Serpent's Prey and we want to publish it and that was a New York publisher so that was like really one thing led to another I, wow. I kind of wanted to be an actor, and um, so, I, but I'd been writing all of my life, uh, and that that was the first time I'd never even published a short story. Uh, a whole novel was my first publication ever. So you know, it's weird how it works. I don't know. Wow. 
Wow, that's but I, I've been around for a long time in the industry since then, and I know the ins and outs for the most part, and I definitely have my opinions because I've been screwed by publishers too that never paid me, took my money. I, I, I said I wrote Halloween 4, the, the book back in 1988, after Prey, Serpent's Prey, that was the next one. They called me up and said, okay, we published this book for you, uh, and um, how would you like to do this one? Uh, we'll send you the screenplay and stuff, but I never got paid for that. <laughs> and so, I, I and I sent it, and, and that um, people recognize me as the Halloween 4 author. Um, I wish they would uh, sometimes, you know, they, oh, you're the Everborn author instead of something original, but Halloween 4... All the time. Uh, it's great, but I mean that's that was uh, that's weird how that happened. So that actually cemented my name, and then I, you know, went through this and that with the writing industry over the years, and and I've got my opinions. I've decided to publish myself. I mean, not publish myself, but publish books myself. And it's other people's. I hardly even write these days because I'm so busy publishing other people. But mm-hmm. uh, it was a good decision. And I stand by it and I'll die by it. Um, right. we, we're yeah, I'm off. very passionate. As you can tell, I'm very passionate about writing. He is. I, and, I, and I love your passion. I love it. You're... you're um, I would like to make an announcement. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm doing the show. Uh, tomorrow at one thirty, Nick is going to drive me to Quest, and we're going to do blood samples to find out if I have cancer. Uh, oh, wow. I have cancer, yeah. So this is one of the main reasons why I wanted to do the show. Um, and also to talk about Nick with his new authors and Tom's coming out with his new books and everything. But, um, yeah, um, I might have oral cancer. I've been having this little, I'm very uncomfortable talking about this, but um, I've been having a bump underneath my tongue for a couple of years. And uh, my doctor's seen it, and on top of that, I got stage four cataracts. <laughs> but they don't want to go proceed with my surgery for cataracts until they figure out if I have cancer first. So tomorrow, Nick and I, we are driving out to Quest and get like what was it, six blood tests done. To yeah. check out my cell counts, and then they want to get me in a biopsy and all this stuff. So if I, we're still number one, by the way, Tanisha. Oh, we're, we're number, number one. one tonight on Blog Talk Radio. We've been number one for the last two hours, an hour and a half. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, and uh, after this, that in the archives, they're going to put us on iHeartRadio and all the, all the nine yards like they always do. You know, this is about the 550th 
some odd episode of Francie and Friends, because um, that's how we met, me and Francie, <laughs> too, was I was a guest on her show in 2009, and we kind of hit, hit it up uh, back then, and I, uh, I'm in Sa- Sacramento, so I flew to South Carolina and picked her up and brought her back here. We've been together ever since doing Friends and Friends every Sunday night. So, but since like 2009, it's mind-boggling. And we've had so many like people on the show. We've like had conventions. Well, not had them. But went to conventions and um, and uh, do live shows from there too, and had a lot of people. It's it's been amazing all these years, and it's almost 2024. 2009. Amazing stuff. So, whenever I accept a new author or something, they say, what are your uh, ideas in marketing and, and, and this and that? And I always say, well, we do have Francine friends that's uh, got like uh, over over the years, like about 500,000 listeners over the years. I would go to conventions um, back like 10 years ago and people knew what Friends and Friends is. Uh, it's really interesting stuff and things. And it's all like celebrities and horror and, you know, things. They've probably given out more writing advice than most of those marketers that charge for it just by talking. And I, I don't charge anybody anything either for black, yeah, black bed sheet books. I invest. I don't, I don't want people's money. Unless their books sell, then I get a cut. Um, and that's how a traditional publisher works. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like Vanity Press and uh, and all the marketing spam out there about you know for a thousand dollars we'll like uh, put your book out on social media and and no, I, no, no, no. <laughs> I just like you know publish people that uh, when they submit to me, I take a look at it, and um, if I like it, then then I can publish it uh, myself on the computer. Um, get the ISBN, buy the ISBN, and do, you know, invest in, in it myself, and so I've been doing that uh, for a while now, and that's that's the way it's done. Nobody should have to, unless, I mean, you can pay an editor to edit your book, I mean, wrong with this you know things like that but um or 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 uh you know you know an artist that you really like that um you can pay yourself uh or you know their cover or whatever it, it doesn't really matter but i don't take money and people shouldn't people should never nick we're about to be cut uh, off oh okay i, I gave it another little lecture <laughs> I want a hippopotamus for Christmas Only a hippopotamus will do Don't want a dog, no dinky tinker toy I want a hippopotamus to play with and enjoy I want a hippopotamus for Christmas I don't think Santa Claus will mind me. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.